International. Buenos tardes, mis amigos, my lovely wisdom heads. This is episode 36 of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. My name is Benjamin C. Cholak. I am uh, executive producer and MC of philosophy at Princeton University. <laughs> and this is, this is my apt pupil. Hi, uh, Pat Dean's the name. I didn't know, you, I didn't know that uh, universities had MCs. Yeah, I'm the MC. I'm the freshest MC in New Jersey. Well, I mean, I knew that already. I didn't have to be made official for me. How are you, you son of a bitch? You ready to learn about some philosophy? I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to laugh about some philosophy. Dude, I can't wait to just learn and laugh with you. Yeah, well, let's do it, buddy. Guess who we're, we're, we're concluding uh, our second Greek triple stack. Yes, the epic sequel. The epic se- sequel? Yeah. What do you call it? Like a third sequel? Uh, a triumph. A triumvite. Tri- a triquel. Triumvite. Triumvirate. This yeah. is the triumvirate of our Greek triple stack. No, uh, so so far we talked about cynicism, stoicism, and now finally, uh, as you foretold, finally. as you foretold in uh, the cynicism episode, we're going to discuss the very important philosophy of John Stamos. Yeah, he's our third Greek. He is uh, a well-known Greek. Well known. He's a very well-known Greek. He's a Greek <laughs> star of Full House. God, the longer we call him a Greek, the the more awkward it sounds. Yeah, he's a Greek. Sta- yeah, John Stamos the Greek. Uh, my daughter, she's dating a Greek. Do you think they called him John the Greek on on Full House? I bet they bullied him so bad, <laughs> but they called him Greek boy. Yeah, greaseball. Hey, why don't you uh, teach us about the Parthenon, you fucking Greek? Yeah, and they would throw like figs at him, <laughs> figs <laughs> like, and olives. <laughs> um, no, and say what you want about those fuckers, they know how to eat. They do. It's really, really delicious. Delicious food. Yeah. Um, the main goal of Greek life, I think, is is pleasure. Oh, God. Uh, and that's what we're going to be learning about today. Greeks love pleasure, you're saying? Well, yeah, we're, we're learning John Stamos's philosophy. It's the philosophy of pleasure. Well, it's a philosophy of hedonism, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a form of hedonism. Yeah. So, actually, what we're talking about today is a school of philosophy called Epicureanism. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm, you're gonna, I'm ready. You're going to get so much pleasure from this episode? Ah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I hate the word pleasure. I know that's why. This is why I love this episode because this this whole philosophy is all about pleasure. Great, it's all about finding pleasure. Good, I'm glad. <clears throat> as you as you pointed out pretty accurately that it's a it, it is a form of hedonism. Yes. Yeah. So hedon hedon is the he Greek, don't know me <laughs> he don't know me. That's the Greek word for pleasure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's where the word hedonism comes from. Epicureanism uh, comes from the guy who founded it. His name is Epicurus, and he uh, was born in 270... No, he's, he was born in 341 and then died in 270 BC. Okay. So all before Christ. Wow. Yeah. So this, these are all the uh, the pre-Christian pleasures. The, yeah, the pre-Christian pleasure philosophies. Wow. Yeah. It's like you go on a pleasure cruise, you go on a pleasure cruise, and they teach you about uh, yeah. this pleasure philosophy. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> pleasure cruise. Yeah. I knew somebody whose sister went on one of those pleasure cruises. Ew. Wait, okay. What what was this pleasure cruise? What entails a pleasure cruise? It's like a swinger. It's like this like swinger. It's a fuck cruise. Yeah, but but she <laughs> was saying that they're very clicky. Oh, yeah. I heard about this. So like she was like going there and like not necessarily like trying to fuck everyone she talked to, but she said that like she'd talk to people and like they'd just be like, oh, okay. Like they didn't know you ahead of time. They were oh, really? These are people, I think, who take scheduled visits to have sex with other people, like specific other people. Like, oh, in May, you know, we'll see John and Mary, you know. Oh, I see. The they kind of they, they organize all that shit beforehand. Dude, how much sanitizer do you think? How much money do you think they spend on sanitizer for those pleasure cruises? They must just. That's so filthy. You that, know what it is? I bet they use for every pleasure cruise uh, gets a maiden voyage and that's it. They burn it down after it's done. That's what I would the fluids. prefer. 
I I don't care how wasteful it is. <laughs> you you got to burn that cruise ship yeah, down. Burn cruise that pleasure ships boat. are so big too. They're yeah. so big. <laughs> Just think about Imagine. if you were in like the Navy. You know, and like now your life after the Navy is you just drive around a pleasure cruise. You're just like, you just hear you're the captain of a pleasure. Yeah. Captain pleasure. And you're like, I served my country for years and this is what I do now, I guess. All right. Well, maybe, you know what? I think that that would be like a really great way to live life. Because like you spend the first half of your life. Pleasure cruise. Yeah. No, the first half of your life, you're like, you're like Captain Hammer or something. You're like this fucking admiral who protects our country, protects our shores yeah right uh does his duty and then once he's fulfilled his duty now he can just switch to pleasures i guess and live the rest of his life just fulfilling his pleasures i bet he just feels weird (laughs) i don't know man i think it'd be great well i think that'd be a life well you missed your calling you should have been in the navy i should have been in the navy yeah fuck is it too late it's too late to go back oh it's way too late we're way too old to do to join the navy yeah how funny would it be if we joined the navy tomorrow they'd be so mad at us they wouldn't let us in, probably. What's the cutoff age? I don't know the cutoff age, but they're not going to let two very out of shape over 30-year-olds yeah. into the Navy. <laughs> yeah. What's your experience? Well, I've been doing a lot of stand-up recently. Yeah, I get seasick so easily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, so that's out. Yeah. But well, so- anyone listening, if you're 18, join the Navy. Yeah, go ahead and join the Navy. It's a great idea. Yeah, and then, you know, get some pleasure in, I guess. All right. Well, um, today we're going to get some pleasure in by uh, talking about Epicurus and his uh, pervert philosophy, Epicureanism. Okay. Um, have you heard of that word before, Epicurean? Uh, many times. Yeah. You know what it means? Uh, pleasure. Kind of. It means I like to fuck. <laughs> no. That's, that that Epicure, that's actually the name of the uh, of the, uh, <laughs> the cruise ship she went. <laughs> the I like to fuck yeah. ship? <laughs> okay. No. Epicureanism. Well, first, it's it's after that guy, Epicurus, right? But it became this word in English, at least, to refer to um, if you're someone's an Epicurean, they're someone who appreciates the finer things in life. No, oh. right? every they, time I hear they that, love, they love rich, creamy oh. desserts. You know, they uh, they like they enjoy fine wines. They enjoy interesting sexual positions. Yeah, anytime anytime uh, I hear the phrase that you enjoy, very lavish. Yeah, yeah, you enjoy the finer things in life. I just picture like a dude. With like a cigar, you know, and he's a bathrobe on his. Yeah, gut yeah it's is a just silk everywhere. bathrobe. He's just, an Epicurean. Yeah, yeah, and he and he's just like, uh, just says things like, uh, "Well, you know, uh, mahogany is the most sensuous of woods." Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, That's guy. an Epicurean who would say that. An Epicurean is someone who who appreciates mahogany for being one of the finer woods. <laughs> just and like, there's nothing like gross or sexual about that phrase, but coming from that guy, it's unbearably disgusting. <laughs> Unbearable. I wouldn't be able to bear it. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like um uh, uh Christopher Walken's character. In yeah, the continental, but real, <laughs> but real. Yeah um wow 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 you know that yeah guy? that's a pretty good i can't do christopher walken at all well i'm not gonna do a christopher walken i'm just gonna do i just did those him saying wow basically you do a pretty good can, you, can we hear a christopher walken from you, you i'm do not pre- gonna i'm not please gonna do ben a, a i'll do one i'll do one first Here no you. dude here's mine <laughs> okay and i can't do it at all hey it's me oh god no oh not- uh fuck <laughs> he hit it in his ass up his ass up his ass no okay we gotta stop <laughs> You're not going to do your Christopher Walken impression? I'm not going to do it. All right. Well, I I'm guess... too high to do it, and I can't really get into it. Well, then I guess we should just start talking about the philosophers. Well, yeah, there is Everyone's one that we're least talk favorite about. part. <laughs> it's not true. Everyone loves the philosophy part, except yeah. for you. You're the only person who doesn't like it. I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> just constantly trying to derail so we don't have to talk about philosophy. All right, so what's the deal? What's this uh, dude's deal? Okay, so let me ask you a couple questions sure. first. Sure. What is, like, how do you think people should live? Like, what's what's your... What's your like life theory of like, the best how, how way I think to be? People should live. Yeah. Um. Just you. You do what is important to you uh, that doesn't cause harm. Harm. Okay. Well. So why don't you want to cause harm? Because it's bad. Because well, you got to do unto others as others would do unto you. But why man. is harm bad? Because it hurts. It hurts. Right. It's painful. Yes. And so one of the main things you would say is to try to avoid pain. Yeah. Okay. Const- I'm running from it actively. Yeah, well, most of us are. Okay, and so that's kind of where this guy Epicurus starts. He starts with this premise of like, everyone else in Greece 
fucking Aristotle and Plato and the Stoics. And we'll hear about the Stoics later because they're like rivals and they hate each other. The Epicureans <laughs> and the Stoics. That rules. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're all about uh, like everyone's trying to find out what the best way to live is. And they all have these different theories. They all say like, oh, you have to fulfill your duty or you have to cultivate your virtue or, you know, you have to live in accordance to reason or you have to reject society and live like you are truly, you know, an animal or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, And Epicurus kind of thought that they're all kind of ignoring the one thing that we all have in common that's like so fucking obvious. The thing that we all do all the fucking time, every single day, moment to moment, is we're always trying to avoid pain. Yes. Okay. And he says, well, let's just start from there. That's pretty much the most obvious part, right? A bad life is just a life filled with pain. So what is the goal then? I'm asking you. What is the goal there? Yeah. To not feel pain, man. To not feel pain. So what's the opposite of pain? Pleasure. <laughs> yeah, so he you says, son of a bitch. <laughs> so he says the main... <laughs> there was a bad guy, Mr. Mixoplex. <laughs> He was a, a bad guy for Superman, Mr. Mixoplex. I he never heard a, of this guy. He was an before. alien. And okay. uh, the only way that you could get him to go away is you make him say his name backwards. And Superman would always trick him into saying his name backwards. And I feel like that's what you just did. You just made me say <laughs> my one weakness, the word pleasure. <laughs> pleasure, yeah. You Mixoplexed me. <laughs> what is Mixoplex? Super Ben. Wait, what is Mixoplex's name backwards? Well, I don't know. but you'd... Mixoplex. I can't. You just Google it. Okay, fine. The internet. Yeah, I know. The, I know about the internet. <laughs> the internet.com. <laughs> I have um, some wild stuff on there, brother. Dude, have you been on there? It's crazy. Yeah, I bought a book. Uh-huh. Uh On the internet, you know, it's, what, what? What can it do? Yeah. <laughs> what book did you buy? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. Every time I'm on the internet, I get some real strong east coast <laughs> well dude what's funny is like homosexual I, vibes <laughs> i know people who like uh they get drunk and they buy things like they'll go on amazon and buy stuff. i'm so glad it doesn't happen to me oh yeah i'm getting real close to that happening to me yeah yeah it's yeah. just so pleasurable to buy things online yeah there's so much pleasure but there's so, but you know what ben there's even more pleasure in what admitting you have a problem yeah, sure. If that has pleasure in it, then that's a good way to live your life. So maybe you should think about it. So hold on. So what <laughs> happens with these guys? So, okay. What's their fucking deal? Their deal is pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's not really pleasure. So here's what? something we got to talk about. Sure. With Epicureanism. What do you want to talk about, Ben? I want to talk about uh, hedonism, the difference between hedonism and Epicureanism, and why Epicureans get a bad rap. <laughs> from okay. who from well christians for I one i love the idea that people are sitting around like to this day like man these fucking epicureans kind of they yeah. move next door what's going to happen in this neighborhood yeah all the epicureans start flowing silk robes like a kimono <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> they're all like kind of kind of paunchy just because they like they just they eat like fondue for have, every dinner and they have slippers yeah they got oh, these really nice slippers a fat there's nothing more off-putting than a fat man and slippers yeah <laughs> Just look at them like they walk in you can see that like one of them is like just moving in with a box of sex toys there's like a big box of get very interesting looking sex get them out <laughs> that's an epicurean so they get a bad that epicurean rap? family that moved in next door i know what i'm saying they get a bad rap they get a bad rap from, from not really anymore but they did get a huge bad rap uh during the the christian era because uh what well the you know when when after the Roman Empire fell and then the Christianity kind of became the main intellectual force in Europe for a long ass time. Thank God. Up until up until maybe like the, I'd uh, say like, well, up until three the weeks the ago. Enlightenment, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or three weeks ago. Um, basically, the whole thing with Christianity was, you know, you uh, denied yourself the momentary pleasures of this earth because uh, you would ultimately get your full reward in the kingdom of heaven, right? When you die and then you That's what I've heaven. heard, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so that led to a lot of people just... It led to a lot of self-denial and a lot of uh, uh, this belief that like going for immediate pleasure was uh, was inherently sinful. And, uh, and anyone who believed that it was okay to enjoy some of life's pleasures in this life was just automatically evil. And those yeah. people we were call the those Sherlock's. Yeah. The so Sherlock's guess, love experience pleasure. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, <laughs> ew! You are such a fucking Christian. No, I'm not. It's just like sometimes yeah. 
people say things and I never know what it's going to be. What's wrong with me. what's wrong with experiencing <laughs> pleasures? It's just I don't know. No, you were saying there's nothing wrong with it. Like, there's it's just nothing like, oh, wrong God. with it. It's just I don't know. That always weirds me out when someone's <laughs> like, "There's nothing wrong with how I live my life." I'm always like. Even if I dis- even if I agree, I'm always like, no, there is. Yeah, there has to be. The if fact you're saying, that you're it, saying like that, it like you, that, it, there has to be something wrong. There's nothing wrong with me doing this. Mm. And then you wouldn't have to say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it kind of feels like that. It's like, you know, if you hadn't said that, I, no one was questioning you. I was. I don't question anyone. Yeah. I just smile and nod and go, like, all right. What's, what's something innocent that you like to do, that you enjoy doing? Um, I enjoy reading comic books for pleasure. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now say there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes. There's nothing wrong with me as a consenting adult <laughs> who knows what he's getting into to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and read some comic books. Now I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it, yeah, sounds it sounds disgusting. Bad. It sounds really gross, especially when you threw in consenting adults in there. That's what I'm saying. If people throw these things in, make it, they think it's going to sound, you know it sound better. It sounds up. worse. You know what's going to make it sound even worse? What? It, there's nothing wrong with uh, anybody sitting down and reading a comic book. It doesn't matter if they're a consenting adult or if they're a consenting child. Yeah. If you're a child and you consent to reading, there's nothing wrong with reading a it comic book. It sounds like I want to save that kid. <laughs> you know? There's nothing wrong with it. English language, man. Yeah. It's very strange. Anyway. So, yeah, basically, Epicurus. Oh, yeah. These guys. Epicurus founded the school of Epicureanism, and uh, there's a lot more to it than just pursuing, like, <laughs> blindly, just pleasure, pursuing, just blindly pleasure. pursuing pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, that's where they get a bad rap. It's because it's conflated with the idea of pure hedonism. Now, uh, Epicureanism is a form of hedonism because hedonism just literally just means pursuit of pleasure, or the idea of, of, uh, of going after pleasure. It doesn't really talk about how you define pleasure or what kind of pleasure you're talking about yeah um so hedonism includes all kinds of theories that involve pursuing pleasure as your ultimate life goal um epicureanism qualifies that pretty heavily and says no we're not going after just like blind pleasure like getting a nut or just eating chocolate until you feel fucking disgusting or you know uh taking a sunday afternoon to read some lurid comic books Um, lurid lurid yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it's also mostly uh it's more of an avoidance from pain and uh pursuing what he calls uh static pleasure as opposed to dynamic pleasure (laughs) dynamic pleasure there's two types of pleasure there's dynamic pleasure (laughs) then there's static and dynamic you're gonna come into my fucking home and say the words dynamic pleasure with a smile on your face yeah, dynamic pleasure is oh. dynamic pleasure is the that's the kind that you don't like. I think that's the top shelf t- type of pleasure. It's the top. So so the example that's often used is when you're really really hungry, right? Yeah. So Which when you're I hungry, am. you're in some form of pain, right? Or some for, at least, if not pain, then at least discomfort. Sure. Okay. But when you're starving to death, you're probably in a lot of pain. Uh, and in order to counteract your hunger, so you'll survive, right? Your body makes this pain pleasure response. And so when you start eating, when you're starving and you finally get food and you start eating and you're like wolfing it down very hungrily because you're starving, literally, um, and you feel fucking amazing while it's happening. Like when you're really hungry and you start eating food, how fucking awesome is that feeling, right? It feels good. Yeah. So that's a dynamic pleasure. It it just feels so good to eat the food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So, So that's kind of what he's talking about. When you are indulging in a dynamic pleasure, like eating when you're hungry, uh, <laughs> the way you just said it just now, it's like it feels good when you eat the food. Yes. <laughs> that's because that's how basic your brain gets because it's, it's A, suffering so much from the hunger <laughs> and <laughs> so like... Oh, dude, my brain's suffering. Yeah, and so happy and like uh, uh, fulfilled while it's eating right that it reduces your concepts to something so basic as to i was at I was at first earlier in time i was hungry and it was bad and now i'm eating and now it feels good to eat the food like yeah. that's as complicated as your thinking gets yeah oh dude <laughs> yeah. believe me that's what that's like the level of thought you're you're able to achieve during a dynamic pleasure you basically just become reduced to an animal <laughs> oh, dynamic pleasure when you indulge in dynamic pleasure same with fucking when you're like like right there in the throes 
Yeah. And you're about to you're about to pop? No. <laughs> you're not really thinking too much, right? No. Yeah. And it goes for everything else, right? Uh I mean, really it's just eating and fucking are the only two main like human pleasures. But then, you know, there's other more sophisticated ones. Like uh, you know, listening to some nice music or yes. looking at a beautiful sunset or something like that, right? You're you're getting some I don't know, brother. Those sounds pretty dynamic to me. Those are dynamic pleasures, yeah. yeah. So uh, then there's static pleasure. And static pleasure is just kind of a state of tranquility where you're not in this position where you're lacking anything. So you're not suffering and you're not in any distress and you're not really feeling any pain. So if you're at that level, right, you don't have to eat anymore, right? Because you don't really feel a desire for it. Oh, you don't have to eat anymore? No, once you're satisfied. Huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Apparently someone should have told me that. Well, this is why you should have been an Epicurean. I feel like maybe I have been this whole time. Well, no, like no, no, you haven't been because you kept on eating after you were full. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, this is where Epicurus diverges from other hedonistic theories. He says, you don't want to pursue pleasure all the time. Why not? Because uh, it's not going to be that satisfying. If you're already full, right, and you don't really have a desire to eat, then whatever you're going to eat, you're not really doing it for your own nutrition, you're doing it for this very shallow reason, and you start seeing this kind of like uh, this rate of diminishing returns, where like if you keep eating it, you're not going to be much happier, and if anything, you're going to get to a peak and then start feeling bad, and that's what happens when you pursue dynamic pleasures too much, hmm. right? So, dynamic pleasures in moderation. Basically, moderation is the key. Let's and moderate not, those pleasures. Not only moderate those pleasures, but like moderating your pleasures leads to a different type of pleasure, and that's static pleasure. And that's when you're sated, when you're at this like even keel, basically. And you don't have to pursue anything else. You're like in this perfect form of like contentment and equanimity. Do you know the word equanimity? Yes. Okay, yeah. It's sort of like you're, you're in this position where you're not really uh, disturbed or agitated or excited in any way you're just pure tranquil that's that's the pleasure that you should be after and that's static pleasure okay right so static is better than dynamic yeah in the long run how does he know this is his theory he's a yeah he's a philosopher that's how he fucking knows and uh where is he these days he's dead uh well theory proven wrong no, bitch, because now you're dead in the ground. Like a he coward. never said that. He never said that it's the it's supposed to give you long eaten your it, bones. No, and actually, that's part of his. The, that's a good thing in his philosophy. <clears throat> Here's dead. another cool thing about Epicureanism. Don't right? point at me. Yeah, I'm just pointing at. Pat. You're just pointing at me. Um, he is also Epicureanism is also a form of um, materialism. Yeah, which means that they don't really believe. Well, they kind of believe in gods, but they kind of don't. They don't really give a shit. Really, the only <laughs> thing that matters is that is that uh, we as human bodies will be dead one day. Yes. And so all we have to do is just try to achieve tranquility until the moment we die. So how do we do that? Um, well, there's a lot of several ways you can do that. Walk you- me through it, Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben, take my hand and take me to the promised land. Well, the main thing to do that is is to practice ataraxia. And that's uh, basically like uh, um, freedom from disturbance. Okay. Okay. And so that's... You you get to this point by realizing certain truths. One of the truths is uh, that there is no spirit or soul. There's nothing that comes after death. This is a huge thing in... Uh, this is also why Christians hate Epicureans. Epicureans don't believe in an afterlife at all. They believe that we're just dust. That we're just atoms that circulate around, and then when we're dead, our fucking bodies go into the ground and we're eaten by worms. Yeah. But that doesn't matter to us because that's not us anymore. Yes. So that's another big thing. So he says one one of the major things that cause distress is fear of death. And then he says once you realize that death is not anything that is that matters to you because you'll be dead, then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fear that anymore. And then that's one way of becoming tranquil. What do you think of that, bitch? That's pretty good. Yeah. But how do you how do you I don't understand how you achieve that? You just know it. You just kind of keep that in mind. It's not like a thing that you achieve. It's just uh, you you just acknowledge that truth and you contemplate it throughout your entire life and you try to keep that in mind. Okay. Every single time you're about to do something, right? Every single time? Yeah. Because then it, it just helps you. Basically, it's kind of just a way of putting things in perspective. Yeah. So like whenever you're feeling bad or bummed about something, 
Yes. Uh, you know, it is hard to do that. It's hard to get out of your head and thinking of like, oh, poor me, I suck and this sucks and the situation sucks and I don't deserve this and blah, blah, blah. But if you kind of re recontemplate and, and just keep rethinking this thought over and over again that like, this isn't really that bad. Like, what kind of pain am I feeling right now? Is the pain that I'm feeling, uh, is it coming from some sort of anticipation of what's coming next or regret about what came before? Uh, well, if I just consider the fact that uh, I, there was a point where I never existed, billions of years where I never existed. For and the then, vast uh, majority of time. vast majority of time, you never existed. And then this will all be over and you will be, uh, you will cease to exist at your death and then there will be billions of years that go on after you. Um, how much is this situation going to matter in the great scheme of things? So it's sort of like trying to take yourself outside of your own mind and think of the world as in, as a whole and just be like, this is nothing. Hmm. Yeah. It's slightly nihilistic, but it's also yeah. kind of comforting in its own way. It's weirdly nice. It's kind of like cheating. It's like you're cheating, like your own emotions by being like well you don't fucking matter it's like you're kind of gaslighting your own emotions by saying that bit. they don't exist yeah a little bit yeah that's interesting huh but he says that's kind of that's one way to get out of it is that possible to do though it, i think it is possible to do have you been doing it being i try to do it sometimes and sometimes it helps hmm. just to kind of put yourself in this in this position of like it it's it none of this matters none of this matters <laughs> <laughs> none of this truly matters especially this podcast everything every, this podcast doesn't matter everything matters at least everything is going to decompose back to their original molecular states at some point but doesn't that rob your life of any sort of meaning or happiness well no I mean, talk about pleasure <clears throat> you want to talk about oh but you could also do the same thing if you're if you're pursuing pleasure right beforehand. You go, well, this doesn't matter. Well, right, you, that's that's fine. You could say that that doesn't matter. But so then, how are you enjoying it? You're just enjoying just the sheer the sheer like pleasure of it. So that's where he says that's the only thing that really Does matters. Does pleasure matter? It there, only matters. Nothing matters and pleasure doesn't matter. No ple- pleasure. Yes. So you're right. So there's kind of a paradox. So shut, at up. Work. <laughs> shut up. So shut up. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> there's a paradox at work here. Yeah. Where yes, in the grand scheme of things, that pleasure doesn't matter. But since nothing matters, then yet there is this one thing that you experience directly, and that's your own pleasure or pain, you might as well just make whatever your immediate experience is as pleasurable as possible. Mm -hmm. So just enjoy the pleasure while you have it. And if you're experiencing pain, take active measures to avoid the pain. Let me ask you this. Speaking of paradoxes, has anyone ever done a serious look into uh, that old gag, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Oh, like... Has anyone really explored that? Like, had taken it seriously and wrote, like, academic works about it? That, so, no, I don't, well, I don't know, maybe. Now, they should. The thing is, is that paradox is kind of a false paradox because... I don't think it is. No, it is, because... Well, well, it is yes and no. First of all, the literal the literal idea of what came first, a chicken, usually me, or an egg of a chicken. <laughs> yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just two pals just j- joshing so around. So fucking stupid. On a Sunday afternoon together. Well, we found the answer. <laughs> what came first? Pat did. Pat, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So why is that a false paradox? Because... You're a false philosopher. The real... <laughs> what do you say to that shit? I'm saying that you're being really mean and unprofessional right no, now. No, I'm being professional and handsome. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to take my shirt off again. Oh, yeah. You randomly took What's your shirt really off. It's really hot in here. Yeah. Um, you can take your shirt off. We're friends. It's okay. This is not like a button down, so it's, it's not going to be as funny. It's just going to be weird as I try to pull it off of my head. Yeah, it's going to be very ungraceful. Yeah, which is so unlike you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a graceful man. When I think of Grace, I'm Milky Ben. When I think of Grace, I think of Ben Shaw, aka Milky Ben. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, Ben the other day was at lunch with our friend, the Scarlet Disaster, and apparently you're bellowing about where your milk was you thought the waitress had stolen your milk well i thought someone i thought someone so i order when i order coffee there i don't like using i don't like using uh like those packaged dairy creamers because they've got a bunch of weird shit in them uh so i always ask for uh, a little saucer of milk ben demands (laughs) saucers of milk no not saucers what's what are those little things like a little spout 
or um, they look like very tiny pitchers. Um, like a kettle, like a tea kettle. No, that's too big. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but whatever. So I could pour the you're, milk. You're a boy who needs his milk. I get it. Well, I like milk in my coffee. <laughs> it gives me pleasure. Ah. <laughs> Fuck milk. I'm so sick uh, of milk. I like milk. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's why you're Milky Ben. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like milk in my coffee. Good. I hope you have my a coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's why your calcium is so great. And yeah, your bones are so strong. And strong bones. Because you put milk in your coffee. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I need some milk for my coffee. It's not this. for me to drink; it's for my coffee. It's for my coffee. Don't be alarmed. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to drink it like an animal. I'm just going to put it in my coffee. God, if <laughs> if I walked into a restaurant and saw a grown man with a, just a, an ice cold glass of milk, I'd leave the restaurant. Well, my my coworker Ronnie, he uh, Ronnie, he walked into his pod one day but, with a big glass of milk. Ah, <laughs> oh. but and, no, I saw it and I was like, uh, and I was like, I knocked because his is like next to mine, so I just knocked you on it. You seriously knocked? And on I it. go, what are you? Then I go, I mouth because like it's, there's glass between us. You can't really hear what I'm saying. But so I, I just mouth. I go like, what are you doing? Like, like yeah. what, are, what, are, what is wrong with you? Why like do that? you have all that milk? And then he put up, and then he he lifted up a plate of cookies, and then I go, oh, all right, that's fine. Oh, milk and cookies. When is, I saw is, that he had cookies, I was like, okay, this checks out. But even then, I only like milk with cookies because I, I, di- I dip my cookies in the milk before That's I what them. he's going to do. But I, don't, but I don't drink the milk afterward. Right. But he was just he just brought the milk for the cookies. But at first, I didn't see the cookies. We'll I just saw him walk in. This fucking guy. Yeah. In the morning. Oh, Ronnie's an Epicurean. For sure. 9 a.m. He's up. He's dunking cookies. He's dunking cooks. Hang, yeah. He's dunking. He's DNC. He's <laughs> hanging out with Ben Sholock. <laughs> this guy's got a pretty wild life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, Epicureanism basically that's, that's their like whole life philosophy. We got to talk about like historically what they're, or no, let's talk about their metaphysics. Sure. Okay? Um, this is also important. Just point at me one more time. I know. Um, I love it. So their metaphysics is basically like their theory of what the world is composed of. Yeah. And this is, uh, fucking Cray. Cause it's, uh, it's, it's Mick Cray. It's Mick Cray. Yeah. It's Mike McRae. Yeah, this theory. McRae's gonna love this theory. Okay. No, I don't know. It's um, it's basically the their metaphysics is the closest to what our conception of of physics and how it works in the modern time that the Greeks ever came up with. So it's really kind of eerie, actually, that they came up with this. Uh, basically, Epicurus took his cue from this other philosopher called Democritus, and Democritus was this guy who came up with the theory that everything that ever existed and exists in the world is just made out of pure material like matter. There's no such thing as souls or no supernatural entities that exist or anything like that. It's just all matter. And all matter is composed of atoms, tiny atoms, tiny little indivisible building blocks. And everything that we see is just combinations of, of these matters he, wait, in different but ways. But he didn't know about atoms. He, he, he said, so not the way we know of them now, where it's like a proton and a neutron. And, a neutron and electron. And electron. That yeah, circles dude. It and yeah. yeah. They didn't you. know that much. But all they they what he postulated was, and he and he just came at this through just pure reason, which is amazing. He just goes, well, okay, think of like all the things that exist in the world, right? You can divide everything into parts of it, yeah, right. Um, you can break things, just physically break them, and then you can keep breaking them and keep breaking them and keep breaking them. But at some point, there has to be a point where you can't break them anymore. So that individual little unit, he called it an atom. So atomos. So that's Greek. The word atomos is like tiny little bit or tiny little piece. So actually, we get our word atom from the Greeks. Son of a bitch. Yeah. These guys, man. I know. So that's that's democ- that's They're going places, the, these ancient Greeks. They went places. Yeah. They gave us everything that we know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. And so Epicurus... Where do you go, Greeks? Yeah. Epicurus took that took that idea and ran with it. Your current country is falling apart, but thank you for the ancient Yeah, they're not stuff. doing great now. No. Too bad. Poor Greeks. Poor Greeks. Yeah, really. They're kind of getting fucked over by Germany and France. Germany and France yeah. together. Well, yeah, just because that they're the richer constituent countries of the European Union and they're fucking over the poorer countries. We need a Brexit, dude. No, what we need is this worldwide socialist government. What about but Brexit, though? What? What about Brexit? That's what, We're not going to talk about Brexit right now. That's a whole, that's a whole thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. It seems like uh, maybe the Greeks need to just Brex on out of here, you know? Well, maybe they should just check out like Epicurus. Yeah. Yeah. You just realize that all all we need is pleasure, baby. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, what if they had like their big meetings, uh-huh. the European Union, 
some Greek guy walks in. He's wearing like a toga. Yeah. And he's like, they go back, we've dude, decided. if they went back to their roots and did that shit, we're going oh, back man. to our I'm roots. I'm like rubbing my legs. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you really are going to town on your own legs right now. Oh, by the way. So we are actually really putting up a Patreon. Uh, and one of the goals that we've set is if we raise $2,000 a month, we will, uh, we will be able to go to Greece and record and record a uh, an episode on the Acropolis. Yeah, and uh, so give us two thousand dollars a month. Yeah, you it doesn't be, even have to be a month. Just if the, that first two thousand dollars that we raise will be used for that. You might be asking, what do we get in return for donating money? Well, only the people who uh, uh, who donate and become patrons will be able to see and hear that episode. Yeah, so that's literally all we have. <laughs> we have nothing else to offer. Oh, we also right have now. a track written by uh, our good friend and patron Marcus. Oh yeah, <laughs> our friend Marcus. Uh, I'm gonna put that on the Patreon too, so only people who <laughs> who are he wrote patrons a, he will made be able to hear it. Yeah. Okay. We'll put Marcus's thing up without permission. <laughs> well, I'll ask him beforehand. If he says no, then I won't put it up. Oh, what can you do? Yeah, but I'm I. I I'm not like 99 percent sure he'll say it's fine. Yeah, Marcus, this, our friend Marcus, like created like a dance track, <laughs> and then put like a bunch of our like quotes on it, and it's just a lot of it is me just saying what, <laughs> and then going what, and me going yeah. what. We have really bad communication <laughs> abilities. Um, so okay. what else do we have to go over for this thing? So uh, okay, apps. so Epicurus took Epicurus. Uh, Democritus's theory of. Can't um, I say Ben? I'm pretty Epicurus about this. <laughs> Well, you know, Epicuriosity killed the cat. It is. Um, so, uh, no, but that's not true. Tim the is cat. still alive. Look. Fucking idiot cat. So what happens? He has no idea we're talking about him. Look, he's falling asleep. Neither do the listeners. They have no <laughs> idea what we're doing right now. We're just staring at the cat that we that I live with. Yeah. So we what happens? To live with. Okay, so what happens? So he takes uh, the that theory from uh, Democritus, and he adds he adds a little swerve to it. Whoa! Okay, it's literally called the swerve. <laughs> what? It's literally called the swerve. So he basically says that in order to allow free will, uh, well, so there's this problem that happens if everything is determined by the motion of these atoms, right? Then there's no space for for free will. Uh, and so his answer to it basically, which kind of doesn't make sense, but it's sort of like whatever the best he could do was, well, in order for there to be free will, there has to be some elements of the universe that's not determined. There has to be like a bit of randomness attached to the universe, right? Yeah. Okay. So what he introduces is this concept called the swerve. And he says that every once in a while in the, in the trajectory of any one of these atoms, this atom can just swerve to the right or left or whatever off to one side. Uh, and not go on its like normal route, and uh, that is, allows for randomness in the universe. And so he says that random like motion of of an atom, and all atoms undergo this at some point in their history. Yeah, uh, he calls that the swerve. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Yeah. So he says it's because it sounds we have like it sounds like a seventies NBA ball player's signature move. Yeah, the, the swerve. swerve. Yeah, he says yeah we have freedom because of the swerve. Yeah. <laughs> and so he says we use that opportunity of freedom and randomness to make our decisions about our lives and the things that you can decide on is whether to you know um uh get caught up in trying to forf- to fulfill dynamic desires or dynamic pleasures or to use your reason to find the best way to pursue static pleasure and that's tranquility so this sounds a lot like Buddhism, you know? Yeah. Like, it's kind of very similar to Buddhism. Um, it's this sort of thing of, like, you know, you counter desire by uh, fulfilling a very, very, um, like, idealistic form of pleasure. Um, and you go for that. And that's, again, what he calls tranquility or ataraxia. And uh, he says that our focus should be on that and not f- towards any sort of, like, higher uh, virtue, like... Um, like um glory or honor or reputation or fame or wealth or any of that stuff because these are uh these are concepts that uh you know kind of exist beyond our own immediate experience and he yeah. says that that's all that really matters uh and the reason for that is because he says oh yeah he says that a lot of people are very uh concerned about like the meaning of their lives because they couch that in terms of like these outside universal forces like gods, right? Yeah. And he says that gods 
don't give a shit about us if they even existed first of all he was kind of like um an agnostic about that he didn't really believe that the gods existed and he said even if they did exist they don't give a shit about us because if they're (laughs) think about it if they're these entities who have existed for eternity right there's no beginning and no end to them yeah and they have these powers that are just orders of magnitude more powerful than us yeah they uh have this uh perspective and this vision that goes way beyond anything we can ever conceive of they know more truths than we can ever know why would they give a shit about what we're doing right we're monkeys we're monkeys throwing shit at each other why why would they be interested in that well that's kind of fun to watch it's kind of fun to watch but that's it so so okay so think about that you can go with that theory too and say okay these high beings Hermes. Hermes or whatever. Zeus. Zeus and, Flat Earth and Hera. Guy. Yeah. And the Garçon du Monde. Yeah. Right? They don't... They're just watching us for their amusement. So if something is watching you out of their amusement, do you think they really give a shit about like how virtuous you are? No. <laughs> no. You just want to watch their pants fall down. Yeah. If, yeah. They want to see you like like shit your pants or, or slip on a banana. They want to see you at, the, at your most demeaning. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care about like what good acts you do. Okay, so then he says, don't worry about what the gods think of you, because the gods don't really think highly of you anyway, <laughs> or they don't give a shit about you at all, or they don't even know you exist. Yeah. And so he says, stop being worried about your afterlife, or where you're going to go after you die, or you know, what higher being is supposed to be telling you how to live your life, because they don't know any better than you do. Only you know the best way to live your life. And the best way to live your life is to uh, uh, achieve tranquility peace with yourself uh static pleasure which again is just peace and tranquility and then you know whenever you have a desire that forms fulfill that desire but in a moderate way in a prudent way how popular was this stuff while this guy was alive uh pretty popular again though it became even more popular enormously popular in the roman empire um yeah those romans dude they loved this shit hey i'm trying to get pleasured over here oh, trying to get some gagoots on my marona you know <laughs> you know how they say that yeah dude yeah they say that all the time hey zeus how's your mother how's your mother oh hey yo um so yeah the roman empire loved it um especially the no- the nobles of the roman empire the really rich the basically the richest class of the roman <laughs> empire loved loved epicureanism because it was oof right up their alley i bet cuz they were having fucking orgies and banquets and all this shit you know they were they were like eating while lying down sideways yeah right? what was up with that yeah they were, that's how they ate dude feeding the, each other grapes yeah the romans used to eat on couches they would just like lie on their side while Why? they ate i don't know cuz they were lazy <laughs> It's so weird, but it's so weird that like they, the same <clears throat> group that somehow like conquered the world, the known world, basically to them, at least they conquered all of it, but they're still laying down on couches and like making other people peel them grapes and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's a really weird thing to think about these guys, these ancient Robins, man. It seems like. They did a lot of things right, but they did a lot of things wrong. Like sometimes it's weird. sometimes like I think it's so fun to think about the fact that they have like in Rome they have these huge temples, right, devoted to these like gods, right? Yeah. And you're like, you think about how much, how many years it took to make it, and how much man people probably died making it. Yeah, or or they made it out of like uh, temples that they ransacked, and they're just like, honoring they, con- they conquered. Yeah, a god they're just wrong about. Yeah. There's no Zeus, you fucking <laughs> dumb idiot. Well, they didn't really give a shit. You know what they ended up doing later, too, is that they just deified all their emperors. Yeah. So when you're... Emperor, actually, sometimes the emperor would be deified while they were still alive. That's weird. That must have been wild. Yeah. Imagine imagine being a dude who was literally a god. Yeah. People were just like, he's, yeah, he's our god. He's our god emperor. <laughs> he's a god emperor. Just like <laughs> yeah. you. Right. Yeah, just like me. How god you, emperor of Princeton. Yeah. Ben Cholock. Ben Cholock, yeah. Ben Charlock. That's me. That's me? Um, but yeah, the noble, the, the nobles of Rome loved, uh, Epicureanism. It seemed like it. Yeah. Oh, loved it. And, um, I'm trying to think of what else happened with them. Oh yeah. Okay. So we got to talk about some of the people who came after. So there's, uh, there's this one guy who was a big fan of Epicurus, who was a Roman poet. Um, his name was Lucretius. I don't exactly remember when he was born or died, but I can look that up in a second. That's a tight name. Yeah. Lucretius. Uh, he wrote this book called, uh, 
Dererum Natura, which means uh, the way of things or the way of life. Or Chicken the way soup are. for the ancient Greek soul. Basically. Well, the Roman soul. Ancient, Roman yeah. soul. Chicken soup for the Roman soul. Was, yeah, Dererum Natura. That's what that means in, in, in Latin or in okay. English. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, was this Roman poet who... Oh, this is what's really cool. Um, we didn't know any of like Epicurean writings at all um, until like kind of recently where this right? guy yeah so basically what happened was this guy discovered uh when pompey was discovered remember pompey i do yeah i remember what happened it's horrible yeah it's actually really fucked up it was like one of the craziest natural disasters that was like recorded in history yeah like one of the first ones like there's like old like roman inscriptions about like the horrific things that happened and in king's dominion amusement park they have a thing called escape from pompey yeah <laughs> they just have a water <laughs> Um, uh, part they have a, a water ride. So many people died. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. But you know what, Ben? They would have been dead by now anyway. So. Well. They- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They. <laughs> That's a very good point. Don't waste your tears on the people of Pompeii. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Um. So you know that song. I from, do. From Evita. Yes. You know? Madonna. Huh. Madonna. Yeah. Madonna. Maron. No, she played Evita. No, I know. Yeah. I know. I saw the movie. I didn't. I never did. Oh. I, there's, there was nothing about that movie that made me want to see it. Oh, I, I don't worry. It. Everyone's singing. Madonna's in it. I'm, I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna watch uh, three, three ninjas kick back, sir. Oh, that That's was a good movie do. too. I watched Evita with my mom because my mom loved that movie. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Shocking. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a Hispanic woman about a movie. <laughs> Watching a movie about a Hispanic woman. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So Pompeii happened. Pompeii happened when uh, basically I never forget Pompeii. That's weird. How how do you how do how do you attach yourself to Pompeii so much? I just because of because of because of the you just remember the, how hor- because horrific the King's it is? Dominion because the King's Dominion ride. Oh really? Okay. Escape from Pompeii. I loved it. <laughs> and I was like, what is wait, this what about? is the escape, escape from Pompeii? It's this like like how's the ride work? Is it a roller coaster? No, it's a giant boat. It's like a boat track thing. So you oh, go okay. on this boat and you go over and then there's this thing at the end where you go down and there's a mm. huge splash. Yeah. I sound like an idiot right now. There's a thing at the end and there's a big splash. Uh, it's on a boat, I think. It's just this, just it's just this like water ride in the middle yeah, of King's yeah. Dominion. It's like um like Splash Mountain or something like that. It's like Splash Mountain, but it's based on events where everyone died. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So just real quick, because uh, I have to do this, in case anyone doesn't know, uh, Pompeii happened in uh, 79 AD when Mount Vesuvius, which is this gigantic volcano, just blew up, uh, like right outside of Naples, and uh, it burned everybody alive. Can you imagine that happening to Dude, and it's it's so haunting, because there are, so there are like uh, preserved like yeah. ash and pumice. It's like boiling hot pumice and ash. Um, that encased these people, so burn them alive, but it made these like stone casts of them, like recoiling and reaching out in pain and yeah. and and like, like grabbing each other. Yeah, they're like grabbing each other, or, like hugging each other. Or there's like there's one of this guy like kind of like coming out of the ground and he's like reaching up. Yeah, and it just preserved that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the wor- the most nightmarish thing you could ever see. Hey, fuckface, where's Zeus now? Yeah, where's your fucking god now? Where's your god now? Your Jupiter in this case, but hey, where's Jupiter? Hey, where's Neptune? Hey, where's, yeah. po- where's Poseidon? Oh, Vulcan. Pus- Vulcan is the god of Vulcan. Yeah, Vulcan is the Roman god. Vulcan of- video. Well, that's the that's what it's named after. Interesting. Hephaestus is the Greek version. Mm. He's the guy. He's the Greek god of. Well, Hephaestus is the Greek god of smiths. Of the Smiths, <laughs> the band of Smiths. No, the God with the thorn in its side. Yeah, um, yeah, Hephaestus. Yeah. Uh, and then Vulcan is the Roman version. It's the guy who makes weapons, swords, like a god of blacksmiths, and then also god of like hearths and fires and stuff like that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Seems like a weird god to have. Well, I, I yeah. Don't, I don't think they're especially real. because they prayed to him and it didn't work. Yeah, nothing happened. Yeah, and it was his deal. It was his thing. Vulcan. Yeah volcanoes so what about this whole pompeii thing why why did this come up in conversation okay so um that lost track so because of that explosion that that like eruption uh and the ash that it It covered everything explosion in in the sky yeah it it encased all these like basically made tombs out of these people's houses yeah that's so weird (laughs) um but it preserved the uh, it preserved everything inside of it um perfectly so that like when people excavated it you know centuries later they found perfectly preserved uh, copies of Lucretius's uh, De Rerum Natura. What? Yeah. And so 
modern humans were able to read this guy's work for the very first time. <coughs> because of Pompeii. Because of Pompeii, because it preserved it. Now, we knew that the work existed before because it was referenced by other authors. Like, hey, you got, it's basically all these guys who are like, <laughs> these guys are like, uh, we, uh, you know, hey, here's a commentary on, you know, uh, uh, De Rerum Natura. It's a really good book. You guys should really read this thing. And, uh, and then everyone's just like, okay, so where is it? Can we, we want to read it because you guys are talking it up. It's great. And then there's no surviving copies. I would love to do that. Uh, <laughs> if I was still in school, I'd do that in term papers. Yeah, we're excited. Just like nine books that don't exist. Yeah, yeah, you can't read it though. Yeah, you can't read it. It's been destroyed. Sorry. It's like, well, how do you know about it? It's like, oh, ah, I, was, I was talking to a guy. Yeah, I was able to read it before it was destroyed. Um, so we finally <laughs> were able to read his stuff. We're finally able to read. So not Epicurus's stuff. Actually, Epicurus's stuff is still lost to time. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <coughs> but uh, Lucretius is basically this he's a disciple of his not a direct disciple but he's like a, a follower of his philosophy and he wrote about the philosophy in a very comprehensive way but through a poem it was basically this poem called uh uh de rerum natura which is latin for um what did we say it was uh no shirt no shoes no, no shirt service. no shoes no problem no it's uh, the way things are yeah. or the way are um you know the things of nature it There's is a lot what of it is man dot 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 kind of it is what it is is kind of a good a good uh what's it called translation for it but basically yeah so epicureanism is this philosophy that's counter to stoicism uh was more about you know just living in the moment uh trying to uh you know fulfill whatever needs you have with within moderation trying to achieve this perfect equilibrium um and another thing that they came up with was you know one of the best things you can do is have uh, you know, good food, good friends, good wine, just hanging out, having a good time. That's kind of, that's Epicureanism. Okay. It's just kind of chilling, having a good time with your best buds. Yeah. Ice, ice cold brews. And you, you know, not getting too drunk. Yeah. But still just like enjoying and having fun with yeah, your friends, man. you know? Now, hold on. Earlier you said the Stoics had a big problem with these guys. Well, the Stoics kind of hated it because they thought that... Um, the Christians do. Well, Christians hated it for sure because, you know, when you're... when. It, so medieval Christianity just really just hated fun. That's all it was. To Seemed it. like it. They just hated fun. That's all it was. Loved plagues. Yeah. Hated fun. Hated fun. Loved plagues. Loved injuring yourself to uh, you know ask for forgiveness. Uh, you're always bad. You're you always already did something wrong, uh, and you always have to be asking for for forgiveness all the time because you're a, a naughty, rotten little gross piece of shit human being. And you need Jesus to forgive you at any point. I agree. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just about you. Just about me? Yeah. Well, ironically, I'm an Epicurean. But so I say, you know, I'm I'm not here I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the Stoics the Stoics were kind of pissed off about that. No, they weren't pissed off about it. They just disagreed with <clears throat> the idea of of, you know, fulfilling your pleasures because it's a way of um, it's a way of succumbing to your passions. And in Stoicism, you're not supposed to become uh, enchanted by your passions. You're supposed to stay the course and, you know, uh, tamp down, not tamp down, but like ignore your the, any flare-ups in your emotions and just use your reason to do the rational thing. Okay. Okay. And uh, another thing that they kind of differed on was the Stoics, remember the Cosmopolis idea? From last time, it's no. like about a, a world nation and how we all need to be basically citizens of the world. Um, the Epicureans, interestingly, kind of had like a an opposite but similar idea where you don't want to be a... They also disagreed with like nationalism or, you know, uh, 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 explaining your loyalty to, you know, a, a particular city-state or, or a particular people or ethnic tribe or something like that. They didn't believe in not any of that, but they also didn't believe in a world a world nation or anything like that. They abhorred all forms of politics. So they're almost anarchists. Whoa. They didn't believe in any sort of engagement with, uh, with a, like a sovereign political entity um, because anytime you engage in politics, your soul would be corrupted. Sure. And so they basically just thought that the only way that you should live is just, again, in your small community with, tr like, with your friends 
and close family uh having a good time you know doing whatever you need to do to live through your life in the most not not most like you know luridly pleasurable way possible but in the most like calming and on uh what's the word like unbothered way possible basically just trying to make trying to avoid all sorts of difficulties making your life as easy as possible um and then ultimately just up until the time you die and then you don't have to worry about anything because you're dead yeah Yeah. it's not that bad it's not that bad at all and there's actually a really cool quote from my main man my my main guy who we'll talk about eventually but wittgenstein he goes uh who Wittgenstein, Ludwig, Ludwig Wittgenstein. He's my favorite philosopher. We're gonna talk about him. Wittgenstein's monster. Yeah. Wittgenstein's monster. Yeah. So that's what we call you. Yeah. That, yeah. That's great. I love it. Ben I'm gonna Shaw, change my fucking Twitter name to that as soon monster. as this is done. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. His quote about Epicurean philosophy, but also kind of just kind of generally, he agrees with this: is uh, death. You don't need to worry about death because death is not a part of life because death is not lived through. Hmm. Which is like crazy interesting. So he's saying live life for the fullest. Live life to the fullest. Let's get baby. our ears pierced. Yeah, dude. Let's get tattoos. Live life to the fullest. Let's get. We're, we're gonna get those tattoos. That oh yeah. It's gonna be one arm. Uh, so like my arms like Elton John, and then your arms gonna be Billy Joel. Billy Joel and playing the piano. It's like double piano. Pian- a double piano, and we put arms together. That's yeah. What it forms. What <laughs> if we got a tattoo? It's a yin yang sign, uh-huh. but one of them is your face one of them is my face <laughs> if anyone can make that that would be the be dumbest really funny. funniest thing ever yeah yin yang except it's us it's us yeah i don't care which one i am i've said i've wanted to get a, a tattoo where it's a comedy tragedy thing mm-hmm. but both faces are ray romano, ray romano. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> that's kind of all i got with uh, epicureanism it's they pretty simple pretty philosophy. Tight. yeah yeah they're pretty tight it was good i, I liked them yeah, I, I like. I think I like this Greek triple stack better than the last one. Yeah, they're a little. They're a little more um, down to earth because they worried more about like how you should live your life. So it's a little more applicable to actual life. Yeah, and it's not as academic. I like them. Yeah, which it, one did you like the most? Those Epicureans, the three, man. You like the Epicureans the most? The the philosophy of John Stamos. The yeah, the, the he's definitely an Epicurean. That guy, I yeah. That's why he looks so young. He's like 45 or something. How old he's is he? He's older than that. No, he's like 50 something. Yeah. He looks I mean, beautiful. He looks great. I mean, when he's on Full <laughs> House, he's probably in his 20s. So. Yeah. What was the movie that we saw him in with, uh, with, um, oh, oh. my God. Who's the, who's the lead singer of Kiss? I can't Gene believe Simmons. Gene Simmons. Yeah. Um, I forget. We watched a movie where it was Gene Simmons was the bad guy and what the was good the name guy of that was movie? John Stamos. I don't remember. If you saw, I can find it. Um, that movie was so unbelievably bad. Um, I think Gene the, Simmons played a trend. No, uh, a hermaphrodite, a hermaphrodite. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Bad guy. And there was a uh, Apollonia, I think was in it. Oh yeah. And she was really hot and she fucking seduced the shit out of John Stamos there's a scene, in like several scenes. There's a scene where they, uh, Apollonia seduces John Stamos and John Stamos reaction. And he's basically just going, Whoa, Whoa. It's, it's awful. It is one of the worst movies ever. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. How have you not found it by now? I, I can't. I'm, I'm still looking for it. It was like one of his first movies. I think it was literally his first. Just Google film. it. John Stamos, Gene Simmons. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with anything. Uh, ben, but mm-hmm. if people want to hear more of our thoughts on the world, they can follow us on many different uh, websites, right? Twitter. That's Facebook. correct. Uh, Never Too Young to Die. That's the name of that movie. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah so find us on itunes uh please give us a five-star review on there we deserve it we're good we deserve Um, it yeah (laughs) uh we're on facebook uh check us out on there that's where we update the most um we're also on twitter uh we're also on um uh okay so here's the thing we're still looking for this fucking guy this mook uh who stole yeah, yeah. who's jabroni this jabroni who stole i learned nothing so when we find him we're gonna give him kidney stones and watch him rip his penis apart uh until he gives us back i learned nothing podcast or i learned nothing on instagram until yes. then we're still on i learned nothing podcast on instagram twitter i learned nothing uh i learned nothing.com our bios are on there also Your our bios. Uh, my thesis <clears throat> and then uh 
check out our patreon too uh you know donate a buck or two or however many uh and also give us some feedback about what kind of rewards you guys would like and we'll see if we can like set those up somehow yeah we don't know because we don't know what to do (laughs) i don't know how to do a patreon we just want money yeah i don't know what to do well so so this is actually at the insistence of a couple listeners who've messaged me and said hey you guys should have a patreon so i was like all right that's a good idea well, ask well. them what we should do. Yeah, so I'm, I'm also going to put a poll on the Facebook page asking you guys what you think would be good, like reasonable rewards for y'all for like the different tiers or whatever of Patreon ple- pledging. I still don't know how this works, so <laughs> bear with us. <laughs> God, we suck so bad. <laughs> on Twitter, uh, yeah. I'm at Pat Dean. You're at Gristleporn. I'm at Gristleporn. Um, going to change my name right now to Wittgenstein's Monster. <laughs> <laughs> So you follow us on all those various platforms. If you enjoyed it, tell a friend. If you hated it, tell someone. Yeah, you don't tell like. someone about it. Yeah, and uh, thank you. God bless you. Just keep on epicureaning it on, yeah. folks. Remember, life is pain. So find that pleasure. Get some pleasure in your life, bitch. <laughs>